0: Hey everyone, and welcome to this episode, another episode of Coffee with Jesus. Uh, today, we're going to be following on from our previous episode, uh, Saul Leadership. If you haven't listened to that, go ahead and give it a listen. But last time we were together, we spoke about what a Saul kind of leadership looks like. And today, I want to show you something about how to respond to that kind of leadership. If a leadership is, is not the best, it it falls short of good, how do we respond. And so again, welcome to this episode. And uh, the title for today is What's on Your Wall? What's on your wall? If you're new to our podcast, welcome. As far as possible, we will be releasing this podcast every Tuesday. Uh, And the point of the podcast is for you to grab some coffee, tea, hot chocolate, whatever it is, and uh, let's spend 15 minutes together just speaking about something that may help us to become more like Jesus. So, hit the subscribe uh, button, whether it's on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, uh, whichever platform you're on, and let's dive into today's session. Real quick, I want to give us a brief overview of our previous session. Uh, We said that soul leadership has uh, four characteristics. The first one is that soul leadership is perception-driven. The second one is soul leadership is insecure. The third one is that soul leadership breaks its own rules. And the last one we said was that soul leadership is driven by moments and emotions. Now, I'm not going into that. I just want to give you a recap of what soul leadership looks like. And if you want to hear more, if you didn't catch a previous podcast, go ahead and listen to the podcast called Soul Leadership. Now, going through that list... One might be excused for thinking that when a leader like this eventually is found out and therefore happens, it's a good thing because corrupted leadership can hurt people. Bad leadership is bad for the people. One might think the best thing for the people of Israel at this point is the fall of Saul. One might think reading through those characteristics, hey, the the best thing for Israel at this point is for Saul to be beaten, to fall, and for David to take the throne. We see so many leaders in our world today go through a fall. We see people who have a lot of influence, and yet they operate from a broken place and hurt, and other people, and they hurt other people, and then eventually we hear news about their fall. This is this is sad because all of us are broken in some way, shape, or form, but we hold leaders to a higher account. We we expect more from them, and so the question is, how do we respond? How do we respond? to someone who has influenced, someone who is a leader, how do we respond when that person falls? So I want to read to you the final chapter of 1 Samuel. It's the, it's the final chapter also of Saul's life. Some context for the verses we're about to read is that Saul has completely abandoned God. He's completely abandoned God's words, his precepts, and he finds himself in a battle against the Philistines without the blessing and presence of God. The battle rages and and eventually Saul is mortally wounded and to spare disgrace, he takes his own life. He asks his armor bearer, will you kill me? But the man is too afraid. And so eventually it says that Saul falls on his own sword. Then I want to read to you what happens the next day in 1 Samuel 31 verses 8 to 13. It says this, the next day, when the Philistines came to strip the slain, they found Saul and his three sons fallen on Mount Gilboa. So they cut off his head, stripped off his armor, and sent messages throughout the land of the Philistines to carry the good news to the house of their idols and to the people. They put his army, uh, they put his armor in the temple of Ashtaroth, and they fastened his body to the wall of Beth Shan. But when the inhabitants of Jabesh Gilead heard what the Philistines had done to Saul all the valiant men arose and went all night and took the body of Saul and the bodies of his sons from the wall of beth And they came to Jabesh and burned them there. And they took their bones and buried them under the Tamarisk tree in Jabesh and fasted seven days. The, this is an interesting moment, and, and there's so much that we can glean from this moment. The Philistines encounter a body of a fallen leader. The leader is down and out. He was not a good leader, but he was still the Lord's anointed, as David said. The Philistines come along and find the body of this fallen leader. And then they do a few things. They respond to this fallen leader in a few ways. And we're just going to reflect on those ways and ask the question, are we more in line with the Philistines in how we deal with a fallen leader than we are with how God would want us to be? So number one, the first thing the Philistines do when they find the body is they tell everyone. Number one, they spread the news. They spread the news of the fall of Saul. And it's amazing how quickly bad news circulates and spreads. It's amazing how often the topic of conversation is the demise of someone else. Here's the thing though, the Philistines just found the body. They might have guessed what happened, but they didn't know the full story. They didn't know How he had died. They didn't know the tension in the relationship between Saul and God. All they knew was that a leader had fallen, and they tell everyone. All they had was the headline, and they told everyone. When leaders fall and we hear about it, we need to remember that we don't know the full story. Even when articles come out and people come out, we don't know what is going on behind the scenes. And often, we don't even know the person directly. We've got no relationship with the leader that's fallen. There is often so much we don't know. And if that's the case, why would we go and tell everyone about something we don't know that much about? I think it's because we all like a little bit of drama. We all like a little bit of gossip. And, and if it's about someone who is distanced from us, what's the damage, right? What's the damage, It's amazing, Brené Brown speaks about the fact that often we can see gossip or the degrading of another human being as an easy way to build relationships with others who share our same views. But she says that's not true intimacy, that's fake intimacy. When we spread the news, we are acting more like the Philistines in this story than anyone else. So number one, the Philistines spread the news. Secondly, the Philistines stripped his armor. It's a removal of the armor, and they send it to the temple. They took something from the corpse of Saul for its significance and value. And it's amazing how sometimes we can take someone's tragedy and find a way to profit from it. We see this in our world when leaders fall. All of a sudden, there are documentaries and videos of people coming out trying to get some profits off of whoever's demise. Now, please, I'm not saying that victims should keep quiet. That is not what I'm saying. If there has been some form of abuse, I would never advocate for people to remain silent about what has happened to them. What I'm speaking about here is people who seem to jump on the bandwagon. They seem to use the fall to grow their followership on social media or to get time in the media. When a leader falls and we see it as an opportunity to profit, we are again aligning ourselves with the Philistines, which, if you follow scripture, is not a good place to be. May we never see someone else's fall as a, as a means for personal profit. So, number one, the Philistines spread the news. Number two, they stripped his armor. Number three, they cut off his head. Number three, they cut off his head. Why? Why cut off <coughs> a dead man's head? <coughs> Excuse me. They wanted to not only revel in his fall and profit off of his demise, they wanted to disgrace his legacy. It seems to be something culture is particularly good at in terms of cancel culture. If you do something worthy of being canceled by culture, you don't just lose your influence or position, but your legacy is disgraced. Now, there's an argument to be made that says a corrupt leader, uh, they themselves forfeit their legacy and perhaps that is true, but I would never want to be the one who adds disgrace to someone's legacy after they fall. I would not want to be the one who adds to what God has done in terms of his judgment. Think about this for a moment. God had judged Saul and the consequence was death for him and his sons. But then think about what the Philistines were saying. They were saying God's judgment wasn't enough and wasn't harsh enough. They took the judgment of God and made it worse by disgracing a corpse. When we add disgrace to a fallen leader, we are saying the same thing. We are saying God may have judged them or allowed their fall as a consequence of their sin, but God, God, let me help you out because you didn't go all the way. This, what I'm doing now, this is how it should have gone down, God. I always remember a pastor telling me that when he got to heaven, he wanted God to tell him that he was too gracious rather than too judgmental. Often, The perfect tension between the two is impossible to find. The perfect tension between grace and judgment is impossible to find. But if we have to err on one side, my prayer, as that pastor taught me, is to always err on the side of grace, not judgment. When we add further judgment to what God has already judged, we, again, are aligning ourselves to the Philistines. And then lastly, they hung his body on their wall. Lastly, the Philistines placed the the, the, Saul, the body of Saul on the wall of Beth Shan. Let me put it this way. Let me put it this way. The Philistines found a fallen leader, and they published his fall on their wall. All you need to do is scroll through social media to see that we do exactly the same thing in our world. Some people's walls are filled with the bodies of fallen leaders, both in church and in culture. What we are seeing is a culture that identifies with the Philistines, even when their bio says Christian. We, we seem to get this morbid gratification by hanging the bodies of fallen leaders on our walls. And so you can scroll through social media and see videos and see opinions, see articles of fallen leaders on so many people's walls. So real quick, let me ask you a question. What is hanging on your wall? What do you publish for everyone to see? The town of Beth Shan. the the name of Beth Shan means house of ease. That's what it means. And I think it's so pertinent because it's easy to post about a fallen leader on our walls. It's easy to copy news headlines and videos on our wall about leaders who have fallen and are going through probably the worst time of their life. It's easy to do that. It's easy to, to get on the side of righteous judgment with culture. It's easy to cancel. It's easy to call out. What is difficult is to step out of the Philistine worldview and act like the men of Jabesh Gilead. I don't know if you caught that at the end of the story, but there was a there was a different group, another group, who, who responded to the fall of Saul differently. These brave men went on a mission to bring the body of Saul down from that wall. Here were people who would have been directly affected by Saul's bad leadership. Think about that. These were men who lived under his tyranny, his craziness. They would have been directly impacted by Saul's bad leadership. And instead of joining the Philistines and publishing Saul's demise, they went and took the body down and they buried them. They buried the bones. They covered them with the dirt of the earth. And and can I just say for a moment, this is what honor looks like. This is what honor does. Honor does not excuse the fall. Honor does not try to hide the fall. Honor does not, however, publish the fall. Honor goes to the point of self-sacrifice to honor the person, even when the person's actions were wrong, even when those actions affected them perfectly. The men of Jabesh Gilead never tried to excuse Saul. They never tried to, to put a spin on his demise. But what they did was they honored the man for his role in their history. They honored someone that God had anointed. So real quick, I want to ask this question as we close off. Real quick. Who do we resemble more? Do we resemble the Philistines in this passage? Or do we, re- or do we resemble the men of Jabesh Gilead? Are we quite happy to profit off of someone's demise? Are we quite happy to, to spread the news when we don't even have the full story? Are we, are we quite willing to add disgrace to a fallen leader? And are we quite willing to put fallen leaders on our walls? Or are we like the men of Jabesh Gilead who are willing to sacrifice ourselves, put ourselves on the line to make sure that, that, that we honor where honor is due? God, I pray that you would help us be like Jabesh Gilead and not the Philistines. I pray that his culture is moving more and more and more to reflect the Philistines in this passage, that we would stand up and we would be men and women full of courage and strength who say that I will not add to a fallen leader's disgrace. I will not try profit off of their demise, but I will continue to honor the person even when their actions were incorrect. God, we pray this for each and every single person. Amen. Well, thanks again for joining us. Once again, subscribe, like, even share this podcast with family, friends, people who you think this might benefit. Until next time, have an amazing time in God's presence. God bless everybody. Bye.